0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. Episode 27 is a bite-sized pick-me-up podcast of little more than half an hour as Graham and I talk Avengers Academy Giant Size number 1, Technology and the Mysteries of Modern Memory, and Abhay's Jimmy Olsen story from this year's Giant Size Superman. It's much more of a snack than an actual main course, but we hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Yes.
1: So this, this way we've done it and we'll do a half hour and I know exactly what I want to talk about. Perfect. For a half hour podcast. Yes. Um, have you seen the press release for the Avengers Academy giant size special? The Jesus.
0: No, no. Okay, so
1: a bit of backstory. Marvel, I want to say about four months ago now, said mm-hmm. we're doing a crossover written by Paul Tobin, who, you know, I like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to crossover annuals for Spider-Girl, Avengers Academy and Young Allies. And then Young Allies got cancelled, and they're like, it's actually a miniseries. It's a miniseries <laughs> called Arcade Death Game.
0: Oh, yeah, Arcade Death Game, which then got cancelled again, right? Which then cancelled again, right? And
1: mm-hmm. as it got cancelled, many people on Twitter, including myself, were like, what? Right. So you know, They've switched off up, and now they're cancelled it? What, what's going on? And Paul Tobin uh, came on Twitter and was like, you know, it'll be okay. It's going to appear as an Avengers Academy annual. And I was like, that's good, as long as it's going to appear. So today, uh, it finally gets announced as the Aven- Avengers Academy giant size number one. And here is the press release that I will read to you. And see if you can guess why I think this is a press release worthy of comment. Spider-Man, Captain America, and Iron Man have saved the Marvel Universe time and time again, but now it's up to their prodigies to step up and leap into their biggest adventure yet. This may critically acclaimed writer Paul Tobin and artist David Baldéon are throwing Earth's Mightiest Heroes in training headlong into Avengers Academy Giant Size Number One, an 80-page extravaganza of all-new story spotlighting the next generation of Marvel's heroes for just 7 99 That's the size of four of our competitors' books. This story brings together our most popular teen heroes and fan-favorite creators for a truly giant-sized story set right in the thick of the Marvel Universe at an incredibly affordable price, says David Gabriel, Marvel's SVP of Sales and Circulation. There's simply no publisher today putting out this amount of all-new material for such a great value. Okay. Things. (laughs) One, wouldn't it be nice if they were actually talking about the story as opposed to the, the cost? Secondly, how insanely passive-aggressive is this for better books, and there's simply no publisher today putting out this cement of all new material for such great value? And thirdly, that's actually not true, because last week DC put out the Superman 80-page giant for $2 less. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's, what, I mean, I'm stunned by this press release. I'm yeah. stunned by this press release. Oh my it's, god. It's just hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I it, you know it's it's really weird. It's really just Marvel's got such a strange culture going on there that's um I don't know. You know, like it's just it, it's a it's a little too Bush White House for my for my taste, you know, where it's like we're not losing, we're winning in a different direction, you know? And it's, it just makes me distinctly uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, it's great that there, it's seen, but, like, wow, that's just, that's a huge amount of money for a one-shot that, you know, I mean, admittedly, it's great that it's going to be out there, but... I just can't believe that they're trying to go, maybe they're, Maybe the whole idea is that they're hoping that by going so aggro with the press PR talk, by going for DC's jugular, that news sites will pick it up about, you know, Marvel's being extra rabid with, you know, Avengers Academy giant size, 80 page giant or whatever it's called. Is it giant size Avengers Academy? Is that it's, it's Avengers called? Academy giant size number one. God, that's just such a mouthful. Okay Avengers Academy Giant Size number one. Yeah. Uh wow. And it's basically seven ninety nine for eighty six, pages. Eighty pages. Wow. want their price points are killing me. Well, um, but, but
1: at the same time, like eighty pages of all new content for seventy nine I can almost see. $7.99 seems to be the new price point. I don't know if you've noticed. Ever since D C there a hundred-page reprint books
0: mm-hmm.
1: for seven ninety-nine. IDW's picked up the same price point for the, for the same number of pages. It should be pointed out, right? Um, and I feel this is Marvel's attempt to get in on the same market.
0: Isn't is is Dark Horse Presents? Isn't that going to be coming out at uh, that that same price point? Or am I wrong on that?
1: I want to say Dark Horse Presents might be five dollars.
0: Oh, Okay, uh, five ninety-nine or something like that. Yeah. I remember that the pricing, like I was like. It seemed a little too rich for my blood for the first issue, but yeah, maybe maybe it's closer to five or six. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: But it's just, uh, I I feel like this is their attempt to be like, to have their cake and eat it, mm-hmm. to say seven, eight, nine, but we're cheaper than the opposition. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like you're not right. And also, let's face it. I mean, I'd love Paul, and I really want to read this comic.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: at this point, this is pretty much inventory material yeah you know what I mean it's from something that's been canceled twice. Yes
0: yeah, no, so I, I, know. I
1: can't believe they can't do it for '99 or five99.
0: right. Well, and it, yeah right, exactly. and I mean, I guess that their way of trying to spin it this way is, huh, you're right. I, I think they just don't want to admit that they like you said, it keeps getting canceled, the, the orders aren't there, and they're trying to figure out a way to, to hit a price point that will make it profitable, and who knows maybe they, maybe they won't. I mean, I I doubt they'd cancel it again. I'm sure it's going to roll out at that rate, but I just can't see orders being high when it's something that, you know, people weren't willing to support in enough numbers as individual issues you know, to, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't...
1: Yeah, but that's why when it's a on one-shot, care if orders going to be high because they just, I mean look at everything Marvel puts out there Right. There's got to be stuff where the orders are just not high enough. I mean, they're from the Marvel Vault specials Right. Which again is, I mean, that is entirely material material they thought they forgot they had until they moved. Oh, God. God. I mean, it literally is. That, that's what they buy from the Marvel Vault. They didn't know they had it. Like, don't said this in an interview. Oh, God.
0: So, like, the Marvel Vault is, like, under the Marvel couch or something like
1: yeah, that. Yeah, the Mar- Marvel Vault is, like, the back of the final cabinet. And they're like, uh oh, okay then. <laughs>
0: See, this is the thing that drives me nuts. How old is that Marvel Vault material? Isn't all this stuff, like, digital now? Like, I just don't understand.
1: The, the at least the Doctor, Doctor Strange one must be around 10 years. okay. So because it's, probably... it's it's Roger Stern and Lee Weeks. Wow. Yeah. So just from thinking, like, when Stern was really to work
0: hmm Marvel, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. it's got to be, like, 10 years. Man, at that least. is
0: amazing. Well, uh yeah. Um it it's it is it is kind of unfortunately I'm still sort of flabbergasted, like I'm glad you know where you're going with this, because I'm like, uh
1: yeah, Marvel. I'm not even sure I know where I'm going. I just I I'm stunned by the I'm stunned by two things. I'm stunned by pretty much putting a press release out there that instead of focusing on the book is like, haha, we're cheaper than the opposition. Right. And doubly stunned that they do it so boldly when it's actually not true
0: yeah well that's that's you what, know what i mean
1: like that about. that's the horrible thing that's the mm-hmm. thing that they really hopefully a are going to get called on and b are going to feel embarrassed about
0: because well... it's one thing
1: to be ballsy when you're like oh we're cheaper fuck you right <laughs> and it's not like to be for someone to be like actually your competitor, who you're bad mouthing, have been doing the same format for two dollars cheaper.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did the, do you think uh, Do you think anyone will call them on it? Do you think the only one I could see would be maybe someone posting it at, at Bleeding Cool?
1: Um, uh, well, I know? I know the CBR boards are already saying it. Oh, good. Um, and I, I mean, I hope that someone I like, Comics Alliance, just calls them out on it. Like, right. not a commenter, in, in, the, in, in a post. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, because... Because it's just insanely bullshit. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. not, I, I have to admit, I'm going to email them. i be like, are you going to issue a retraction? scenes? This is not true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I don't expect to get any response. <laughs> that would be great, though. Uh, but... I, I just as much as anything I kind of want to do it to see
0: if I get a response. Do you know what I mean? Right.
1: It's completely just like poking something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> will I lose an arm? Will they even acknowledge? Exactly. Well, let's see what will, happens. But
1: will, will they sleep on? I mean, more likely than not, I will get a uh, no comment. Right. Um, which is what they generally do when they don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> uh, but. It'd be funny. I mean, something something I do love as well is that Marvel is, especially recently, given to putting out press releases and then putting out a second version of the press release, like, an hour later. Uh, wow. Because they fixed something.
0: That is kind of not cool. I mean, it's hilarious, but, like... Really? Like, you which is funny because
1: like all my Marvel professional releases go to an email address I don't really use, so I'll check uh-huh. at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, and it's funny when you see like three different versions of the same press release.
0: Oh my god! I mean, that is funny, but it's also, I mean, that just strikes me as like not very professional. But, but I mean, I guess that's the marketplace these days, you know? I mean, I, I just we, I just, I don't, I feel like. I was thinking the other day that I just don't think that um, people's attention spans are quite what they're cracked up to be. Uh, to, are,
1: to go well, are people's attention spans cracked up to be anything? Like, are it's the the common narrative not that people have terrible attention spans?
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, people think that their attention spans are terrible, but but the idea is like, but it's good enough. But I do, I honestly am wondering, like, like we may have like created a lifestyle that is actively bad for us in ways that we're not tracking, I guess, because of the nature of the attention span thing. Like this is totally like off topic, but at, at my day job, I have this, um, one of my various, uh, delightful tasks is, um, when people call into these, uh, lines, these phone lines about, um, specific cases that our, our firm handles they like leave their information and you transcribe the information and pass it along to the paralegal or the attorney right so i listen to all these calls uh and it transcribe them and the thing that strikes me and this isn't even a course of what you would think as far as old people goes or older people goes or i don't it's super super anecdotal but people are fucking up their own phone numbers which I just never thought that people would happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is really consistently, you will get somebody who will go to leave their phone number and they will either stop themselves halfway through and have to correct themselves or more frequently than not, they will give you the wrong number and not mention it. And then they give the number again at the end of the call, which is pretty traditional and it's different by like one digit, you know, or two digits. This and this is happening with, like I said, it's anecdotal. But this is happening with like a number of different people that I've seen or heard, where it's like they'll fuck up one digit and then, and so you don't even know which number's right. So you have to transcribe them both and you make a notation so that the the person you're passing it on to knows. But it's fascinating to me, Graham. People are saying the stuff and they're not even paying enough attention to like get the numbers right.
1: That's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I think, too, frankly. I'm like, ooh. Now, is know. it that
1: they're not paying enough attention to know they're getting the numbers wrong, or is it just that, like, that's not even occurring to them? The reason I say this is, is I have terrible trouble remembering my social security number.
0: Right. Uh, which I totally makes sense, because you must have picked yours up recently, right? I got my social security number, like...
1: Well, no, I picked it up uh, when I got my green card, so... We're talking like eight years ago. Okay. Right. Uh, but even so, like, it's not incredibly recent. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I can give you all of my, I'm not going to because we're recording, but I can give you my social security number right up until the last two digits. And I always, always, always have a problem with the last two digits.
0: Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's probably just a common block. I actually had the same problem there for a while with my social security number back in my old internet days. Um You just have to keep using it long enough. And in fact, probably one of the good things about the social security number is because it's something that you have to retain. You know, you've got your one little block where you're like, it's either this, this, or that, that. And you'll screw it up a number of times and eventually you'll correct yourself, I guess. But I think with phone numbers, I think it's more a case of people just don't, You don't see or retain your phone number in the way that you used to. You don't really give your phone number out sort of the same way. Yeah,
1: that's completely true. Like I have people who I call it that I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like almost, you know, area code wise because (laughs) because it's in my phone because I I look up their name on my phone. I don't look up their number.
0: Exactly. And because you look that up and you don't pay attention to the other thing, yeah, you don't you don't really you don't retain it in the same way because it doesn't get drilled into you and i think that's what's happening is is we have a way of humans have learned things for generations and generations that that we're not doing it quite the same way now and who knows maybe the younger generation it's much easier for them and by younger i mean like kids but I'm I'm sort of thinking that it's going to be like kind of a rough couple of years in that sense. Like, um, you know, uh, th- I, I, did you ever read the Kurt Vonnegut story, *Harrison Bergeron*?
1: Uh tell me the plot, and I'll tell you. But it's funny you say that because I am currently in a complete Vonnegut reread. I was reading *Armageddon*, and I think it's called *Armageddon and Sun. Oh, it, wow. it just just came out last year. It, it's a collection of his
0: war writings. Oh man, that's amazing! It's really oh. good. <laughs> huh. Uh, I yeah I, I you know I should revisit Vonnegut because of course he's one of those guys that just plowed through everything that he he had written back when I was in like high school or college and then haven't really revisited. Harrison Bergeron is the story of uh, it's where total equality has been achieve, achieved, but the way that it it the way that they do it so that everyone is equal is that the smart have to wear like headsets that like you know wear loud. Alarms are ringing all the time, and the the strongest are like have like lead weights like attached to their arms. yes uh, yeah, uh, of, I I I do
1: know the one you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so the idea being is that 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 for everyone to be equal, it becomes the lowest common denominator, not the highest. Um, it makes me think like. I used to know how to spell, <laughs> and and one of the things that I find fascinating is years and years and years of spell checking and auto correcting has made it so much harder for me to learn how to spell new words because because there's no – you don't get things wrong as much. Like, so computers have done this great thing of like – you know, hey, good news! Now with GPS systems, nobody's ever lost. On the other hand, because you're not paying attention, nobody ever really Everybody knows where you're going.
1: Are. Yes, yeah. which is something Kate and I have completely realized when we when it comes to Portland,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we came to Portland with GPS, uh. and it took us so much longer to learn where we were going. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To the point you now where we'll kind of think, oh, we kind of know where we're going, but let's just use GPS to
0: check. Right. Right, exactly, and th- once you have that as your crutch, it's kind of like there you know, the 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 this is really serious part of your brain or something doesn't quite fully engage.
1: Well, it, it promotes laziness.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's the problem. It, it, it makes it
1: really, really easy, right, to not not care about learning. I guess.
0: Yeah, because in theory, why should you learn it? You already, quote, unquote, know it. So we have this weird thing where it's like, I think we're doing the, kind of what everyone in the future sort of said that we would, you know, talking about the future would do. It's like, we have these like, external brains we have these prosthetic brains that we like carry around that retain all of our phone numbers and that correct our spelling and can find our uh, our location on a map and direct us to it but like but without it we're like truly lost you know and dumb
1: (laughs) and it's funny you said the thing about spell check though because i have the opposite spell check um makes me really paranoid about spelling To the point where Mm. I feel like my spelling has gotten better because I don't trust spell check.
0: Oh, interesting. Ah, ah. Yeah, no, I, um, well, this is actually something that's really hilarious is it work. They did something where they just turned off the auto, uh, underlining the, the checks, the check spelling as you type option. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't underlining words that were being misspelled. um, and so consequently, like, you type something up, and then you'd be like, well, I don't even need to run spell check on this. There wasn't one yes,
1: misspelled I, I, word. I, Yeah, but we thought don't make you suspicious. All, <laughs> of, all of a sudden, my spelling is bad.
0: I'm lazy yeah. and fond of myself, Graham. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, I did obviously I, I, catch on.
1: That's but... clearly just really hard because honest to God, when I type things, I, it's much worse for me when I'm typing um, in blogging software. Right. Because some sites I work for have the underlying menu misspell and others don't. Right. It's going to the point where I have nothing come up, I really like I can't have gotten everything in the world. I can't have gotten that all right. I have to go back and reread. So I end like up reading that more than normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand. And and um I, I guess if I I don't know. I mean I'm always fascinated by the amount of stuff that um no matter how hard I try and proof my blog posts when I was doing them heavy, it was like, okay I'm there's going to be one word that i'm going to drop out uh you know spelling's usually fine um it's interesting it's the spelling's not great i mean there's other things where it's like on the other hand i'm much more confident in the words that i use because that's where i always check is i i spend more time like is this the right word for the right context am i fuzzy at all on what i think it means and there's times where i totally have you know taken a word and and uh you know, gone full malapropism on it. And it's like, oh, I thought I meant, you know, befuddled, but what I actually mean is, I don't know, um, baffled. Confounded. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm i amused to your choice of befuddled because what I've noticed happening recently is just entirely saying the wrong words to begin with.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: I just completely. And doing this a lot in conversation. And so, when people correct me, I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this drives Kate insane. Because we'll have conversations and I'll be like, blah, 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 you know, entirely wrong word. And she'll be like, do you mean right word? And I'll be like, of course I mean that. What, what do you think I said? I definitely <laughs> didn't say that. But like, I do it so often. That, and sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, that's totally not what I meant to say. But mm. I, I just find myself doing it more and more often.
0: Well, hopefully. It's, it's early
1: on to Alzheimer's.
0: Well, I I, I'm, I hope that it's not my bad influence because I have a tendency to do that anyway. And the miracle of listening to our podcast is I always find moments where I'm like, oh. Like, even like, we'll talk about Steve Gerber, Steve Gerber, Steve Gerber, and then at the very last minute, I'll call him Steve Inglehart. I'm like, Jeff, what the fuck? Or vice versa, or, you know, th- those are mild name things. But yeah, there's times where I completely drop the wrong word at the wrong time.
1: And my, like, oh. my favorite is when we were talking about Casanova and both of us say
0: Casablanca at one point.
1: At <laughs> points as well, and <laughs> points we got the
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's like we're talking in real time, and we're smart people. What's what's wrong? What's wrong with us? Well, so, and for me, it's
1: early on, uh, early online
0: Alzheimer's. There you go, <laughs> early online. There we go. Well done, me. I think I chose that very well. You did coin that sucker like quick. Run and register that because that is that is a term that needs to be used. So, uh, you know, we've got, a f- we've got 10 minutes. We should go uh, kind of to the comics at some point. Exactly. So, like, we will move back if we rather hastily. Did you read the Superman 80-Page Giant? Did, I, uh, I did. I, I know he listens to the podcast, and I thought it would be great to sort of quasi-mortify him and talk about Abhay's story. I thought Abhay's so, story was good. I really Wasn't liked it? it. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was super, super, super strong. I was a little frustrated by the art, Honestly, um... I was, uh, I can see why you say that
1: the art wasn't like I put this way. I could imagine it with different art. Yes, I guess is what I'm saying. But I also didn't dislike the art.
0: What what struck me flipping through it was a I thought the color the color was actually really strong in the story. Like the colors really were kind of vivid and popped. Um And some of the design stuff. But I'd be really curious to actually get get Abe and and grill him because his. um because the script is the the storytelling was pretty dynamic. You know what I mean in terms of like, he has like points where like there's that whole point where the page goes sideways, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. There's like uh, lots of you know three panel sequences where the where there's like uh, a, the caption running over all three panels, um, which is a trick that I always love. There's that whole like quasi starenko y like sequence where the one Jimmy Olsen like meets the, the girl of his dreams and gets married and dies. And it's like, this like nine super compressed panels at the top of the page. And then you've still got another eight, you know, or eight panels on the page as well.
1: But that, like, that's what I liked about it. It felt like, um, in a weird way for me, like, uh, when Fraction started casting, I felt like a comic done by someone who loves comics, who speaks comics. Yeah, And it's kind of like, I have to do all of this at once, because I don't know when I'm going to get the chance to do this again. And it's just like, pow!
0: Right. Which is what I love about it, but I also was kind of like, I don't want to be a dick and automatically assume that that was Abhay, you know? I'm assuming that it is, and it's full script and everything, but I suppose there's a chance that, like, I don't like the artist, but he's like, he totally rebroke the storytelling, you know, and and redrafted it, because it was a 27 page script or something but i i suspect that it's Abe and i really loved how energetic the story to, that storytelling was like you said it reminded me also of fractions casablanca uh that way um and, and i i was like really profoundly like wow that was good um it was also it, it was fascinating watching the stuff where like like, it was very clearly a, a good, strong, silver Age Jimmy Olsen shout-out uh, to, you know, in terms of the imagery. The humor I, I, was like, yeah. Hmm? Did it not feel to you like it fit with what uh,
1: Nick Spencer's been doing in the Jimmy Olsen backups slash now Jimmy Olsen one-shot? Um, very much that, so. In that it's very, very classical plot, mm-hmm. but incredibly self-aware execution.
0: Yes. Yeah exactly um so I, which, it's,
1: it's not enough that you know jimmy has i honestly can't remember the number of clones but um like has x amounts of life to live and goes off in all these different directions but some of them have to be like i don't want to say jokey pervy but you know what i mean like there's no, some of totally. have to be like some a little bit out there because mm-hmm. there has to be like a wink to the audience yeah but it's like this isn't really the old school jimmy Olsen.
0: Right. Or or it is, but it's also invert I mean, one of the things that I liked about it was the idea that it plays with who Jimmy Olsen is and what Jimmy Olsen can be. So he, like, goes in all these different directions. It's a great way, like, if you've got, if you're only going to have one 10-page story and you're going to try and do Jimmy Olsen to cover as much of, you know, it's like you get the sort of Mr. Action era, you know, I was on a super adventure type. You get the, here I am, gay marrying a, a, a male gorilla. You know, here I am, like, killing Santa Claus. You know, like, there was just a whole bunch of stuff that was like, you know, it went in all these different directions. I was very uh, impressed at the way that he was able to come up with a, a very cool, a, a very cool way to sort of reference all the sort of Jimmy Olsen type era eras. You know, there's like two bug-headed Jimmy's, like, battling it out, you know. So it, it's had a lot of knowledge, to it. like I said, is very self-aware. Um,
1: did, did it remind you, and you might not even have read this, but uh, did you read Peter David's uh, Madrox series, slash X-Factor, as it became?
0: Yeah, I, I did. I did read the Madrox series. Did, did it remind
1: series. you of that, or was that just me?
0: You know, it... it it makes sense because of because of the replicating nature of it. Um, it's not just
1: the replicating nature. It's the idea that one person can lead multiple lives at one time because the clones offer infinite possibilities.
0: Right. Uh, y- yes. I mean, I thought the Mad Rock stuff, uh, of course, because it's filtered through like that very different, uh, the art, and the sort of quasi noir format. It didn't that doesn't ring as many bells like immediately, but yeah, I definitely do get a little bit of that. Um you know. I I thought that it was you know, it it was a really solid story. I felt like at the end it didn't quite have the emotional punch that it was supposed to and I had a tendency to kind of nab that on the art.
1: Well so. I, I'm I I'm not sure how I was supposed to read the end in part because um I don't know whether I was supposed to have worked out the identity of the character in the X as early as it did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you know what I mean? Because right. if I was, then the ending fell flat to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if I wasn't, then I could see that how the ending would work.
0: Well, uh, well or uh, I feel like... <laughs> no, 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 because Aww. I feel... Th- well I because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out you know the Superman's last lines
1: well no exactly yeah it, it, it's but I feel that if you if you didn't know that the X character was Jimmy and mm-hmm. potentially prime Jimmy potentially not prime Jimmy right like you have then the last line really gives it a double punch
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's Jimmy oh it must be the real thing or maybe it's not because Superman is saying this to him
0: right right Exactly. Do you know what I mean
1: which I, which I think you'd read it differently if you're not expecting that to be Jimmy, a la Prime Jimmy.
0: Uh, You know, I, I felt like for the most part, I kind of got dragged into the story and I wasn't paying attention. Like, I, I noticed, like, I thought that there were a couple of neat little tricks that Abe did in the narration to to make you buy into the idea that this might be, that, that, that the, the Jimmy that goes through the story is Prime Jimmy. Like, all the things about his knee being banged up and... Other stuff in his various little memories that feel like little bits of like Jimmy Olsen shout outs, like more attempts to to cruft stuff on that really is like a red herring. So, like, when it got to the end, I was like, oh, of course, that's the prime Jimmy. And then the the closing line is like, or wait, is it? Is it not? Like, and I I thought that that was, it didn't land for me really. And I think that it should have done something a little bit differently. So, that's why I wanted to ask is like, it sounds like you were more ahead of the, the story in the sense of the, Oh, right. The guy in the X, this is the, this is the, the twist. Um,
1: yeah. But again, I don't like, cause when I, when I had that reaction, when I was reading it and I, I saw this guy, I was like, Oh, that's the real, that's the real Jimmy. Right. But also I kind of thought I'm supposed to know that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like I, right. I almost felt expected. Mm. Mm. I would be. assume that was the real Jimmy.
0: See, I think he ha- he tried to cover the bases for that, but I think I think he I think he was meant it for it to be for slobs like me, who don't know that who didn't who didn't catch it who are caught up by everything else. Um, like I said, those little panel descriptions where he talks about his knee hurting because of this and this, or you know that his side never felt right after that whole time that he spent wrestling, yada yada. Like he does all this stuff having the history. Built into that clone character that I thought was supposed to be a red herring to make me think, to to help me lull me into thinking, oh, this is the real Jimmy. So I totally went with it. Um, and then at the so what I'm saying is, is what I think is interesting is, is there's the way that I read it, which is the guy who doesn't catch on, where I feel things are designed to, I feel like the story's supposed to be constructed for people like me. And also to be constructed for people like you who catch on really early, or expect that you're supposed to know that 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 the guy with the X is is Jimmy. And it sort of feels like maybe the ending didn't work for either of us. I I
1: think that's fair to say, but but for different reasons.
0: Right, but for different reasons. And I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that 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 the ending doesn't land uh, in two like like you said for two di- in two different areas or for two different types. Of readers, and I'm curious if that's just us, or um, or if there's something where it it, it's very difficult to nail. I mean, God, just doing a ten-page story well, I'm so in awe of him for that. But um, and uh, not only
1: that, like a ten-page story that a is so enjoyable, and b is so full.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a super super full story, Uh, you know, and 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 which gives it like a lot of energy. I mean, God bless a lot of the other storytellers, I quite enjoyed, um, uh, Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover's Lois Lane story. I thought it was quite fun. You know, um, there were other stories in there that I enjoyed other ones that I thought were meh, but you know, this one really had like a super, super breakneck energy in the, in the writing and the storytelling of it that I appreciated. Uh, and yet I do have that feeling of like, ah, but I don't feel like the ending was quite there. You know, and I'm kind of curious, like it might, you know, as, as, as Abbe gets more gigs, it'll be interesting to see how that ends up working. Like, I'm what, trying what, to figure what's, out. What's funny for me is that I
1: thought the ending wasn't there, but
0: I blame myself. Ah, see, and I thought the ending wasn't there and I blamed the artist. Uh, and I'm sure Abe thought the ending wasn't there and he blames Abe. So, you know, we've kind of got all the bases. Exactly. One of us might be right. <laughs> But, better. Like, exactly. to- <laughs> <laughs> the editor steps in. All of you are wrong.
1: <laughs> I rewrote the ending to suck. <laughs> I have to say, every single time you talk about Red Herring, because we're talking about Jimmy Olsen, I will Of course. Oh herring.
0: my god. <laughs> oh my god. That should be his like uh, superhero secret identity for an issue. The Red Herring? The Red Herring, yeah. He could be. So, like- someone,
1: someone should write
0: that. No. Abby, here's your
1: second. <laughs>
0: exactly. If you get another shot at the old Jimmy Olsen uh, World Cup here.
1: No, but seriously, I like after reading that, I would totally if they were like, we want this Nick Spencer, Jimmy Olsen has been successful enough to spin off into series, but we can't get Nick Spencer. I would totally be like, yeah, give Abby the gig.
0: Oh yeah, completely, completely. You know, because like you said, it felt very similar to what what Nick's been doing, um, and a really. Uh, you know, they were they were of a piece, but it without seeming derivative. So I think Yeah, the they they were all
1: you could it they felt like they were happening to the same character in the same universe, but they <laughs> did not feel like either
0: was a copy of the other. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So good job, Abbe And uh if you stopped listening to us uh weeks ago it's probably just for the best because you won't be as mortified. So there you have it. Good um, job everyone.
1: Indeed. So we actually have to finish Because you have to be somewhere
0: I know, I know This is probably our shortest podcast ever This dear, is, a... Dear listeners, it would have been longer
1: If Jeff and I hadn't talked about our real lives <laughs> Before we started recording We should just let you know that uh, We were really, really selfish and uh, So we talked about ourselves
0: Well, you know, we tried I think you were good to good to catch me on a gram like I was all game I'm like alright I won't talk about any of this other stuff and, and and as you put it like every comment you were saying was greeted with a <laughs> my bird, so
1: exactly and I thought hey he can't me that pissed at me let's get to the part of it and I was like I was already this to be watch the Dr. Phil episodes
0: but <laughs> maybe not exactly we've got to save something for ourselves to look forward to in the future
1: Exactly, when we move into television, we've got to get into the solving comic fans' problems, one by one.
0: Yeah, and by one by one, we mean first mine, and then Graham's, and then back to mine again, as I can tell.
1: Exactly. One by one, and then return. Not one, and then one, and then